I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional, Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. If this is your first time, welcome. Hello. (laughs) I wanted to say a big thank you to our listeners and our followers on social media. We've done a lot of interviews over the past 10 months, and lately we've seen a lot of you going to the interviewee's social media page and commenting how much you enjoyed the episode or what you took away from the episode. That's really cool. This is truly a supportive community, and we're all trying to build each other up. So thank you for not only supporting us, but supporting people that we've had on the show and giving them as much love as you have. Today, we are going to be talking about reassessing goals, specifically for the year 2020. Before we got into that, I wanted Colin to tell a little story about what happened to him a few days ago. (laughs) Unrelated to pet sitting. Yeah, completely unrelated. Um... So a couple days ago, I decided I was going to go out for a jog for the first time in a little while. I usually go out for a bike ride, but I didn't feel like doing some maintenance on it. So I went out, made it about 100 yards from our door and uh, bit it it (laughs) hard. Fortunately, fell into the grass, but uh, my left ankle just decided it did not want to ankle anymore. I heard a loud pop and I felt the pop as I went down. And so I hobbled slash crawled 100 yards back to the house and um, went and got an x-ray later. And they found that there was, thankfully, no breaks or fractures. It was just sprained. And the bruising is basically from your toes up to your ankle bone. It's And it's black. It's oh, real yeah. bad. <laughs> so... <laughs> I I don't know if there's a moral to that story or not. It just hurt a lot and was not fun. Be careful when you run. <laughs> yeah, well, I think on that, since we do rely on having healthy bodies, when we do go do these extracurricular activities or do those kind of things, doing them well and trying to do them as safely as possible and having those backup plans and those backup sitters and kind of things in place before you do that because you'd never know what would happen thankfully we have boarding dogs this weekend and not walks or house sits otherwise you know yeah we would be kind of in a pickle to get those taken care of right and so with that this past weekend has actually been the busiest weekend of our year so far yeah, which is crazy to think about being june and we finally hit our busiest weekend it was very surprising And so actually a ton of those were actually last minute requests. Mm -hmm. We had, I think, five or six in the span of two days. Yeah. And so we weren't able to accommodate all of those because of your ankle. (laughs) But (laughs) but we were very busy this weekend and very thankful for that. But it wasn't just us that's been getting increasingly busy. We've been noticing and hearing from a lot of pet sitters that they are becoming increasingly slammed. Some people even busy all the way through the end of July. Right. Like Mary, last week's episode on Friday, episode 76, Mm -hmm. Mary had said she has bookings all the way through July. And so obviously this is going to depend on certain parts of the country, certain parts of the world, whether you've opened up again or not. But there are a lot of sitters that are reporting almost overly booked. An onslaught of bookings, I think you could call it. Yeah. Which, Which is good. Yeah, because it means business is back open for now, but it also means that we didn't really get a slow transition back 
into many of the coping skills that we use as pet sitters for care routines in general. Right. So we went from having hardly any bookings at all and maybe having quiet mornings where we were able to drink coffee or listen to music or meditate or pray throughout the day and have quiet moments to not having that anymore with fully booked schedules. We didn't have that nice slow transition to implement and keep some of these coping and keep some of these self-care practices in place. So we didn't really have a chance to adjust accordingly. And if you're currently slammed, throwing together a schedule or a routine for your day that includes self-care is very important. Whether that's five minutes to just sit there and breathe, Mm -hmm. or if you aren't slammed, think about what that schedule looks like for you. What's really important, though, is that you stick with it. Self-care in this industry is crucial. And I know it sounds really weird to be talking about self-care so suddenly after all of us were without anything for about four months. However, we're here right at the beginning of reopening for us who have been able to do that, ensuring that we have those practices, those best practices in place before we get to that burnout point in a couple months is really going to help you throughout the rest of the year. Because hopefully the second half of the year will look better than the first half of the year. And that goes right into our topic today of assessing, reassessing your goals for this year. Yeah. So we are halfway through the year. Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Most of us just want to move on to 2021. Select all delete. (laughs) Right. So we wanted to take this time to reassess the goals that we have for our businesses. Mm Mm-hmm. Way back in episode 19, we discussed goals for 2020. I think it was the very last episode we did of 2019. That seems like four years ago. Yes. (laughs) We talked about how to set them, how to achieve them, and expectations that we had for them. And we asked some of your goals as well. And many of you had great ones. You wanted to increase income. You wanted to diversify. You wanted to hire employees. And then, of course, take more time for yourself. That's really What we all want is to keep running our businesses, but also have a lot of time for ourselves. And then the the pandemic hit and it really brought us all to our knees. Within the course of 72 hours, in some cases, to a complete standstill. Right. And we were left looking at those goals that we had made going... Almost laughing at them. Yeah. Going, what on earth? Or crying at them. Mostly crying. Going, there's no way. This is, I can't believe this. And through some of those early times, we said, you know, let's set, the, let's set the, those goals aside for a little bit and just survive right now. Let's kind of forget those, put those out of mind, and we're going to need to go into survival mode. I think now is a good time to bring them back out and look at them and just, just be honest with ourselves and see where we are. See if there's any way to meet them even a little bit or readjust them accordingly. There are two ways that you can go about reassessing your goals. The first one is if you had goals, reassess them. (laughs) (laughs) What that looks like if you had SMART goals, and we'll go over that in a minute, S-M-A-R-T goals that we had talked about in episode 19. It makes it a little easier to reassess. You can see your tracking, you can see if it was an achievable goal or not, and you can see if you want to move that goalpost a little bit to further that same goal just in a bigger way. If you didn't set SMART goals, and again, as Megan said, we we do want to touch on that again, it's still a good time to reassess where you are mentally, 
personally and financially for you and your business, where you just thought you would be ballpark kind of figures. And you can do this just by saying, what did I think 2020 was going to be like? And then now here sitting in June, go, what were those last six months actually like? And then if the next six months are like that, what will happen? What if happens if it's worse? Maybe better. And plan for each one of those scenarios moving forward. So while we are reassessing and planning for those different outcomes, if it's the same, if it's better, if it's worse, I know one of the big topics that keeps coming up in a lot of discussions is about diversifying. These past six months, I think, really laid bare the need for diversified income streams for us as business owners, where if we were just doing walks, that wasn't enough. Or if we were just doing daycares or just doing one thing, many of us had to pivot to doing 12 different things just to keep a little bit of income coming in. And so while we're doing this reassessment, what are some ways that have been discussed, Megan, that you've heard for diversifying? I've seen several people set up online shops. I know that Rescue Rope Leads has really worked hard on her shop during the pandemic. Also, poop scooping was a really big one. It's a really easy add-on service that you can do. Clients are already in your books as having their names, locations, and contact information, and they were stuck at home with their dogs. And the dogs are still pooping. Right. (laughs) That didn't change. Also, mobile grooming was a good one that you can go to the client and have minimal interaction with them. Especially since many of the brick-and-mortar grooming locations were not able to be up and operational. So a lot of pet sitters and dog walkers allowed or or provided, quote-unquote, emergency dog grooming, where you kind of bathed them and did a little bit of trimming. Nothing really serious, but it kept the dogs looking looking great and was a service that, that you could provide. Many of us also considered looking at how to slim down or or lean the business. So reassessing how many employees you needed to provide service moving forward. Also about software. I know some people suspended their software during the time when they basically had no clients or didn't need as many features of the software as possible. Insurance as well was something that was paused. Now, obviously, you can't keep those moving forward, but reassessing what you actually needed as a business to fully operate versus what you didn't. Also, when you are reassessing, make sure that you take a step back, you breathe, and you reassess. The goals that you had for 2020 are very likely not going to be achieved, and that hurts for a lot of us, but it's just, it's the reality that we have to sit in. Mm-hmm. That this year is is likely not going to be as good, as profitable, as fun, as fun <laughs> as last year, as the previous year. And that's okay to at least admit that and to know that going into this. And to know that you are not the only one that this is happening to. Right. Pet care providers across the world, house sitters at House Sit Internationally, dog walkers this is happening to everyone so you are you are not alone in your goals not being met but keep at it keep pivoting keep shifting keep changing because sometimes it's necessary the past 4 months it has been necessary to pivot to change what you offer to change how you offer it and i will say i think that is really good and really healthy for the people that were able to do that or even the people that just considered it because how many of us were looking to offering 
multiple services, multiple new services at the end of 2019. Probably not many. 2020 has really pushed us beyond that comfort zone and really challenged us to be creative, to be resourceful, and to come together. And it's been really cool to see. And I think by far and away, everybody has been able to do that. Everyone changed something about what they did to meet that new need. So now we are going to talk about SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T, what exactly they are and how to implement them. So S is specific. Your goal has to be direct, detailed, and meaningful. And some questions to ask yourself whenever you are, are creating these. The first one that I like to ask myself is, what exactly needs to be done? And, and with whom are you going to be working? It must be straightforward and emphasize action and the, on the required outcome that you're trying to achieve with your business. So M is measurable. Is it quantifiable enough to track your progress for success? And really, I, I like to think of this one as it, it, they have to have measures, they have to have statements that will actually encourage and motivate you and will allow you to determine when the work is done. And I, I like that, that phrase and that thinking because many of us, when we set goals, if they're not measurable, we might not know when to actually stop working towards them and clear them off our plate. So when we make them measurable, it allows us to check them off when we meet them and move on to the next one. A in SMART is for attainable. You also may see achievable. Here you're thinking, it, is it actually realistic? And do you have the tools and or resources to attain it? So if you set something that is too far beyond what you can currently do without buying a lot of new equipment or without acquiring a large workforce, that's not actually attainable right now. Now, if you need those things, plan that into your, your work for the coming time to make it achievable, but don't set it so far out of your reach that you could never actually get to it. And that also includes, can it be done within a reasonable amount of time? Can you actually do something that you set to within a given year, per se? R is relevant. Does it align with your company's mission? Now, we did, a lot of us maybe have to flex this a little bit in 2020. We maybe provided grocery delivery service or something along those lines that we didn't, we were you know, pet sitting businesses and we had to pivot to that, but that's okay. We're reassessing our goals. And if you want to keep offering those services, maybe look at your company's mission. Look at what you are providing now and whether you want to conclude that moving forward. Because when it aligns with your mission, it's going to help you stay in the game. It's going to help motivate you, help your team members see where it fits, see how the work goes into what the company's doing and provide value, not just to your clients, but to you as well. And then T is time. Does it have a deadline? For me, deadlines are really important because they are by far and away one of the strongest motivating factors in my life for working. Uh, it doesn't really matter who asks me to do something. If they tell me a deadline, I'll try and get it done as much as possible. And don't just think of it as a deadline, but a start and finish time. Maybe you're looking ahead and you can't actually start working on something until Thanksgiving. That's fine. Just know that it starts in Thanksgiving so that you don't try and start working on it earlier and maybe not have the resources, not have the right marketing, not have the right season to be doing those kind of services or to meet the goals. And that's smart. These goals are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. That may have completely glossed over many of you. I know it kind of makes my eyes roll back in my head a little bit, but 
These are really powerful for one very simple reason. They are clear in all things. There's no wishy-washy when you make your goals like this. They clearly set expectations for you and allow you to communicate them to other people. That's what makes these so powerful. We used these to make some of our goals as well. One of the goals that we had was to reach 100 clients by the end of this year. We started the year at 76, and now we're at 90. So (laughs) we are making our way there, and the past, I would say, month has really helped us get there. But because there's only six more months, we may not get another 10 clients. And so we need to be okay if we don't meet that goal. But for right now, we are going to leave it at 100 because I do think that is attainable by the end of the year. Especially given the rapid increase of new clients that we've seen just over very recent time period. Also, we wanted to increase our profits, as many of you all did as well. We are halfway through the year and we have only made about a third of what we made this time last year. And that was to be expected with the pandemic going on. So we are looking into projections for the rest of the year and how to prepare for future lockdowns. Because I know that here in Missouri and possibly in Texas, that's going to be the case as well. And I know California is still under some limitations as well. Right. And I think that's a really big fear for a lot of us and should be taken into account as we start reassessing our goals for 2020 is that potential for lockdowns down the pipeline. Especially as we enter the fall and the winter when people are more in their homes and potentially going to contract it more. So as we look towards that scenario of lockdowns coming on, as we, we are thinking about these goals and thinking about where we were, where we want to be, there are some, some questions we need to be asking ourselves at this moment about our past six months experience. Were you prepared financially for it? I know many sitters were, but many sitters did not have a savings to fall back on. Mm -hmm. So if you were not, will you be financially prepared this time? Are you you stocking away money now for the potential for a lockdown in the future? I also know that some pet sitters during this time were just trying to stay afloat. Many of us really didn't know what the industry was going to look like on the back end of this. And we still don't really know because COVID is still very unknown. COVID, it's not, it's not going anywhere. So the fall will likely be a rough time again, unfortunately. And regardless of what the virus does, we will have to be combating with the psyche of our clients. When will they feel safe? How safe will they feel going out? And, and when will that process take place? Particularly for long distance traveling. Mm-hmm. That's going to take a while. Mm-hmm. It's changing the landscape of the world and pet care as we know it. Things will likely never be the same again. Mm-hmm. How we operated in 2019 and the goals that we had set for 2020 will look very differently for how we operate the rest of this year and the goals we set for years to come. So maybe you want to keep more cash on hand. And how you do that or what that looks like for you is going to be very different depending on how your business is set up and what kind of services you provide. Also look at streamlining your processes and making sure that they're the most efficient they can be. Right. Because if you're paying somebody hourly to do something, if you don't have to pay them for 14 hours of work when you can redo the process and pay them for 10, that's a way to build more cash on hand. Also look into services that don't require as much investment. And I think one of these things that come to my mind when I think about that is looking at our service areas that we that we work in and really investing in marketing, advertising, and word of mouth advertising 
in a very close area to, to keep clients close so you're not having to waste drive time and maybe providing group walks in certain areas to really get more dollar per hour work out of a smaller area. So as we are setting these business goals and making them smart for where we want to achieve and how we want to go about achieving them, I I do want to make sure that we don't lose the human aspect of this, that we don't forget about our employees, if you have them. What kind of goals can you meet as a, a, a community within your pet care business? as meeting their needs and making sure they're taken care of. Don't forget to include the goals that you want to have for building your broader community with your clients, how you stay connected with them and other local businesses. When you go to reassess your goals and whether you keep them the same or you choose to change them a little bit, give yourself grace. At the end of the year, basically we all just want to have survived this year. And so being kind with yourself at the end of the year is really what's most important because nobody saw this year coming. Nobody knew how to really process this year with personally or within our businesses. This has looked different for everybody, but we have all been really affected by this. So give yourself grace. Be kind to yourself. And reach out for help if you need it. Don't forget that there are people out there that are wanting to, willing, ready, and able to, to help you make these goals, help you plan out what you're doing, and, and give feedback on how their year has been as well. Somebody who has been great at setting goals and achieving them over the course of her entire business is Natasha O'Banion. And here she is with the Pet Business Coach segment this week. Today's question is, is it better to have employees or ICs and why? I would say you want to think about your end game. And when you think about your end game, you want to be competitive. If you're thinking about being competitive, what would your employees want from you? So my clear cut answer is employees. Employees is better. Now I'm gonna go deep into this a little bit to not you know, try to give my opinion so much, but I would say if the, if the question was better, better is going to be employees. You know, you don't wanna work so hard for your company and misclassify your business. The IRS is not playing around. (laughs) We'll just say that one more time. The IRS is not playing around. So if you misclassify your business, you can get hit with a nice bill in the mail. Now, if you are running your business on thin margins and next thing you know, you get a $1,200 a month invoice from the IRS that you owe them, you know, you got yourself on a payment plan, that is going to hurt and it's gonna hurt badly. So I would say, let's go Let's go into this. If you are requiring your employees to wear t-shirts, if you are giving them a contract or a non-compete or any kind of agreement, if you are telling them what to do in any fashion, so that means even what time they're coming to work, like that's how deep it goes. If you are in control at all in your business, you are an employer that needs employees. A contractor is someone who has a completely separate business. So they have their own LLC, S-Corp, C-Corp. They have their own tax identification number. And I am literally just calling them in for a service and that's it. They're allowed to do this service however they see fit. They are allowed to use whatever software they want to. They're allowed to wear what they want to because they are their own company best way to explain this is when I hire a cleaning service in my house, they say, hey, this is 
Molly Maids. And I say, hey, Molly, I need you to do, clean my house. She says, great, I will be there. I'll take care of it. And here's my invoice. It is a completely separate business. I'm not saying, hey, Molly, I have a dog walking company. I need to get my house clean and I want you to walk my dog. And I also am going to tell you what other clients to go to. We don't control any aspect of their business. That is a contractor. Same thing when you hire someone to work on your house or, you know, Uber. Those are contractors. You don't know when they're coming to work. You don't know what they're going to do. They run their own business and their own profile. Now, if you are a normal company that has processed procedures, you want to have your shirt on, you want to put their face on your website, if you want to have them you know, sign, even privacy for customers. If you want to give them privacy, those are your employees. So I don't know any pet business, to be honest with you, that's not running an employee status. Uh, One thing I can say is pet sitters are the only avenue of us who run a thin line of ICs. If you're running a pet sitting company where literally your clients drop in when they want to, because I have had a client that I coached on this. She says, my clients drop in when they need me. When they go out of town, check, great. She says they can actually pick anyone on my software because I had to change this for her because she was controlling their booking. And I said, please change it that your client can click on the employee that they're choosing. And she says, okay, I'll change that. So now the client went in, they picked who they wanted to pick and that person came to their house. The client gave that person all the notes. So the notes were not in the software. If the notes are in the software, that is now your business. Like it's so thin. <laughs> this classification is so very thin. Um, but she, we changed the whole thing for her because she's like, no, I want to stay on ICs. You know, she didn't want to switch over to paying, you know, the taxes and whatnot. But it's not even that much money. It's worth it. All you're doing is taking a percentage out of the employee pay to just jump into your taxes and your unemployment insurance. And I'm even going to go deeper to what's been going on now in COVID-19 and how all of our contractors are not being taken care of at all because they don't have that protection. Again, contractor means they completely service the customer how they want to service them. Employee is that you have full say-so, you have a system, you have an A to Z process, you know, you provide the whole welfare. And how I basically spin it to my customers is that we take care of our family all the way around the board. So now when I'm in COVID-19 and I want to get a loan, or if I want to get an advance, or if I want to apply for PPP, I have all that protection. Okay? So those will be the main differences why employees are better. (laughs) But mind you, if you also do like the hourly system, I know a lot of pet sitters are asking, should I pay per dog or per hour? If you're going per hour, it's an employee. It's like clear, clear cut. If you want to do per hour, you got to have employees because you're tracking their hours, you're tracking their, you know, their day to day. And that's your employees. The employees are better. Reason being is because that risk factor, you always want to go into your business. Like how much am I willing to risk? You know, is there going to be a gray area? Is somebody going to perceive something differently? I've heard a horror story from one of my other um, colleagues, not in my business, but in theirs, that she clearly had a contractor, what she thought and they thought. But when it came to the end of the year and their person saw how much they had actually pay in taxes, they told the IRS that, oh, I thought I was an employee and my employer was paying for it the whole time. So she got hit with a bill. You don't even want to go through that. Protect yourself, protect your business, make sure you're setting it up 
for employee status. But if you are going to go to contractor, just make sure you're not controlling the show. Make sure it's crystal clear. Make sure you have an um, independent contractor agreement that says, I am hiring this company. Make sure that company is on the first line. Make sure you write when you're contracting the company. So have dates. Okay, I'm contracting from January until June. Make it very clear that this is a contract of a contract. Oh, it's endless employment until I don't want to use you anymore. Make it clear. So if you had to go to court, you had to break it down. There's no misunderstanding of the classification between contractor and employee. Um, but number one, get your lawyer involved because I promise you, you can't do that part on your own. <laughs> get your lawyer involved if you want to go the contractor route because there's a lot of gray areas, um, also state to state. So to answer your question, better would be employee. If you would like Natasha to be your personal pet business coach, you can go to her website, startscalesale.com and enter the code PSC20 for 15% off any of her coaching. We thank you for taking the time to listen to our episode today. If you would like to connect with us, you can do so on Facebook or Instagram at Pet Sitter Confessional. We also have a phone number if you would like to call us. It is 636-364-364. 8260. And you can find our pet sitter resources. We have a ton of resources from pet care providers all over the world, including insurance, software, gear they use, advertising methods. It's all on our website at petsitterconfessional.com. Thank you so much. Thanks, guys.